What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Monday, September 21st. What a crappy day (laughs) in terms of some big-time injuries in the NFL. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, to a lesser extent, Cortland Sutton. Yikes. Yikes. Took a little bit there for me to not open up the the podcast with an F-bomb today. (laughs) Just saying. Yikes. Yikes. All right, so we will talk about both players, the fantasy fallout there, the fantasy fallout sort of across the board. Uh, We're going to go game by game, though, so when I get to each of the respective games, we'll talk about Saquon, we'll talk about McCaffrey, all right? Before I get into that, though, the biggest takeaways here from this weekend's action, I got to tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, hey, there's no salary caps and you don't have to play against the Sharks. It means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, even eSports. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50 with a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com. You can be pretty certain you know what you're getting into when you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. And again, huge. If you help, if you if you uh, use that promo code RANT, it is a huge help to this podcast. R A N T, RANT. All right, so let's get into the action here. We're gonna go game by game, just like we did last week, just like we'll do every uh, Monday on this podcast, and really break down all the information that we need to know. Uh, all of the action here from this weekend, and let's kick it off here. Uh, with this Los Angeles Rams-Philadelphia Eagles game. Well, on the Eagles side, not much looking good here, although I will say that this was a nice debut for Miles Sanders, 20 for 95 and a touch for him. Contributes 3 for 36 out of the backfield. The tight ends came back to earth, but I'm not really, well, not that Zach Ertz wasn't already back at earth after last week, but I'm not worried about it for Dallas Goddard and for Zach Ertz. And and really, I still think that it's going to take a little bit of time here for this offense to gel. So I'm not overly concerned by, about Carson Wentz, but maybe he now is more or less in a, in a type of streamer situation where you could cut him loose if you thought there was something better on the waiver wire. Jared Goff lit up the Eagles, go figure. But really, it was largely to Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby is a classic example of why you stay patient, right? If you were already impatient after week one, you may have missed out on that that field day that he had here. Also, be patient with Cooper Cup. I had somebody who was like, oh, well, he's not doing anything. The guy had five for 81. That's like his, that's a good game. I know it didn't put up massive fantasy numbers, but, you know, hey, Cooper Cup, in a game where the, the Rams were destroying the Eagles, do we really expect him to go out and put up 200 yards? It, no. So let's just have our expectations real. Um, Malcolm Brown a little dinged up here. Cam Akers dinged up as well. Cam Akers dealing with rib rib injury. So, of course, Daryl Henderson had the big week. I think this is going to be all over the place. I think that Henderson should be owned, but I do not think he's going to be the, the top. I know I know for a fact. Tomorrow when we talk about the waiver wire, he's not going to be even, even close to my top pickup. All right? 
took advantage of you know the opportunity but I, this backfield is going to be a headache. That's just kind of where we are, unfortunately, with this one. Uh, moving on to our next contest, which is the Giants and the Bears. So it won't take us long to get to Saquon Barkley here. Uh, he is officially out for the season. It is a torn ACL, as we expected. So I'm, I'm not going to bury the lead here and talk about what happened in the game. I think we should just talk about this straight up. You're not going to get a replacement in the Giants backfield because Deion Lewis is not going to just step in for Saquon Barkley. Yes, he had 10 carries in this game. He scored a touchdown, but I really think that we're going to see Wayne Gallman as the early down back. And then that would leave Deion Lewis as a passing down back. I don't think there's any value to be had. You could pick them up, but I think they're going to go for more than what I'd be willing to spend on them. The team is bringing in Devonta Freeman tomorrow uh, he's been asking too much. So if he, if, if they're willing to buck up and pay pay him, I mean, pay them, pay him his money, then sure, there is potential for you know RB two ish production out of Devontae Freeman. I'm just not going to be overly bullish there. So we'll talk about him on the show tomorrow. I think your answer is elsewhere if you're a Saquon Barkley owner. This stinks. It absolutely does. But this is part of fantasy football. We always forget this part of fantasy football in the offseason, but it is part of fantasy football. Uh, Daniel Jones, predictably not a good game. Don't drop Daniel Jones. <laughs> People, he, he faced the Steelers in week one, and he faced a pretty good Bears defense here. Don't drop Daniel Jones, especially now with no run game. Uh, he's going to have to throw a lot. Bounce back game for Evan Ingram. I thought he was solid here. Six for 65, so solid there. Darius Slayton's going to be up and down. This is Darius Slayton. That's sort of what we expected out of him. On the other side, Trubisky throws another two passing scores. Of course he does. One to David Montgomery, though. One to Darnell Mooney. What's up, Tulane? Anyway, Montgomery's really the big story. It was against the Giants. All right, just keep that in mind. It was against the Giants. 16 for 82 on the ground, three for 45 and a touch as a receiver. It was against the Giants. He's still an RB2. Okay, he's still an RB2. That's where we are with him. Uh, Allen Robinson, nine targets, but only catching three for 33. But just keep in mind, nine targets, that's a big number right there. He was basically the only guy targeted, (laughs) really. Nobody else having any targets pretty much in this contest. Uh, Anthony Miller put up a goose egg. He's going to be up and down. Just keep that in mind with Anthony Miller. I know people are frustrated with him, but he was a late-round guy, so it's not even like a guy who would be we would want to be starting at this point anyway. All right, moving on to the next contest, which is the Dallas Cowboys and Atlanta Falcons. Wow, Dallas, what a comeback in this one. Pretty wild, pretty wild, this contest, and it was pretty much as advertised for most of the players in this game. Dak Prescott puts up a monster fantasy line, not because of his arm, but because of three rushing touchdowns. I mean, he threw for 450, but just one one uh, passing touchdown. Michael Gallup was the sort of down player here, but solid performance, pretty catch out of Amari Cooper at the end there. Six for a hunch for him, six for 106 for CD, and CD did out-target Michael Gallup, just saying. Uh, and then Dalton Schultz, probably the other big one here, 9 for 88 and a touch on 10 targets. Yeah, you best believe we'll be talking about him tomorrow. Solid game for Zeke as well. On the other side, Matt Ryan, four passing scores. He's going to have a big passing year, there's no doubt about it. Calvin Ridley is off to the friggin' races. Off to the races, 7 for 109 and 2. 
Hayden Hurst, a solid bounce back performance for him, 72 and a touch. Get Russell Gage gets in the end zone, but Julio does not. Julio, well, he could have had a receiving touchdown from Russell Gage, but uh, well, yeah, more more uh, fuel for the anti uh, Julio fire among some people. Julio's going to be just fine. This is a great buy low opportunity. Gurley wasn't involved in the passing game, 21 for 61 on the ground. It was a meh game for Gurley, but give him the benefit of the doubt in a shootout like this. Uh, you know, again, maybe a buy low opportunity, but not panicking uh, by any means with Todd Gurley. But that was a fun game. That was definitely a fun game. For a little bit, it looked a little dicey for Dak. He was getting a little worried, but uh, ended up being just fine. Moving on to the Packers and Lions. Packers putting up numbers. Another injury here that we need to note. So Devontae Adams dealing with a hammy. Hammy season, baby. Going ham on the league. Hammy season. So we'll have to talk a little bit more about Marquez Valdez. Scantling tomorrow if Alan Lazard is available as well for the waiver show. Aaron Jones, though, really dominated this game. 168 and two scores on the ground. 68 and a score as a receiver. So really just had his way. And my worry about Aaron Jones was never him as a player. It was always just the the sort of weird mindset that Green Bay has had. Like they've tried every every which way they can to cap him. Yeah, we're going to draft a running back. We're going to use Jamal Williams. Well, Aaron Jones is basically saying, no, you can't cap me. And uh, yeah, let's go. On the Detroit side, still no Kenny Galladay. So I don't think we're going to fully see Stafford until Galladay is on the field. You did get Marvin Jones in the end zone if you happen to start him. It was a tough matchup for him. TJ Hawkinson, four for 62. I mean, it's not great, but solid enough. Five for 60 for DeAndre Swift. Now, the backfield was a bit of a mess, and it was basically kind of a split here. So be patient with DeAndre Swift. He's still the best option to own in that backfield. And I know that's it's a lot easier said than done. But at least this week, you caught a little bit more of a glimpse of, of what he's capable of, all right? Uh, moving on to Jacksonville and Tennessee. I took Jacksonville to cover, baby. Took him to cover. Love that. Love that. You win even when they lose. Uh, but on the Jacksonville side, Gardner Minshew continuing to sling it. Now, th- he had he had more yards in this contest, another three passing scores. I'll talk about him tomorrow. I'm not going to get too overboard with Minshew. We saw him get off to a hot start last year as well. But he definitely deserves to be in consideration for rosters. James Robinson just beasting in this one. 16 for 102 and a touch. And showed that you know he can be involved in the passing game as well. 3 for 18 there. Had somebody say, well, you know, I don't know. DJ Shark's not getting it done. What are you talking about? He had 4 for 84 in this game. DJ Shark's going to be just fine. Not worried about him uh, whatsoever. And they actually are using LaVisca Chenault a bunch sort of all over the place. They used him five times as a runner in this one. Uh, so, you know, promising for LaVisca Chenault. On the other side, Tanny, Tanny Hill <laughs> goes out and puts up four touchdowns. A very efficient day. Only 24 passing attempts, but 239 for Tannehill. And, and basically hit everybody who we said was going to benefit without A.J. Brown. Jonu Smith, beasting. Two touchdowns. Now, it was only four catches, though, so don't get too crazy with Jonu. Uh, and, a, and a solid matchup for him. Adam Humphreys, 5 for 48 and a touch. And then Corey Davis, the godfather part three, goes out and puts up 3 for 36 and a touchdown. If you started him, I think you'll take that. I, I started him, I'll take it. Derrick Henry, a little disappointing. I mean, the, the rushing yard prop... Ended up being 117 and a half. That was one of the highest that I've seen. 
I think ever. And uh, I hammered the under on that thing, and that ended up working pretty well. Twenty five for eighty four. Better days will be ahead for uh, for Derrick Henry. I don't know if the you know the game script wasn't exactly positive for him with with Jacksonville just staying in it and and then taking a lead briefly there uh, as well in that uh, in that contest. So anyway, there's Jacksonville and Tennessee on to Minnesota and the Colts. Paris Campbell banged up. He's going to miss some time here. But this is a game where we thought Jonathan Taylor was going to assert himself, and that is precisely what we saw. Jonathan Taylor goes out and has 26 for 101 and a touchdown as a runner and really basically relegated Naeem Hines to almost a non-existent role in this offense. Naeem Hines pretty much did nothing. Now, context is everything, right? The game was a blowout. Right, They get out to a big lead, and then what do you do if you're in the NFL? Especially when you're the Colts, you're built to run the darn ball. So, of course, you're not going to see the passing down back in a game where they're not playing from behind, or if it's close. So, don't just completely throw the towel in with Naeem Hines. Just realize he's a passing down guy. That's what he is. Uh, we had a down game from T.Y. Hilton. Might be a buy low opportunity. I mean, I'm not going to view him as anything more than a wide receiver, too. But he's he's going to show better than this going forward. Mo Alley Cox, it's another one where you know game script just didn't didn't favor T. Y. Hilton. Mo Alley Cox though, five for one eleven. You don't see those kind of lines out of Jack Doyle. Just saying. On the other side, Dal Cook gets in the end zone, uh, which is a tough thing to do against the Colts as a runner. So fourteen for sixty three on the ground for Dal Cook. Don't mind that at all. He adds in, adds two more catches for eight yards as a receiver. Not much doing here, though. A down week for Adam Thielen. He did see eight targets, though, so I'm not going to panic, but a down week. Down weeks happen. Down weeks happen. Remember, he had a down week this week. He had an up week last week. You know, he was, he was better than advertised last week. This week, he was worse than advertised. This is just fantasy football. Don't just think about this week. Think about the big picture. Somebody asked me if I'm buying in on Josh Allen as a passer. No, not yet. It's going to take time, man. It's going to take time. He made a lot of mistakes last week as well. But am I buying him as a fantasy option? I never not bought him as a fantasy option. And I ranked him number three this week for a reason. 417 and four touchdowns. Doesn't even do much with his legs. 18 rushing yards. That's it. For Allen, I mean, for a lot of quarterbacks, it's a solid number. But for Allen, that's a little low. But it didn't matter. He went off. Stephon Diggs, maybe he was the missing link here because Stephon Diggs goes out and beasts in this game. Eight for 153 and a touch. John Brown, four for 82 and a touch. So both solid lines out of those guys. Uh, The backfield is still a mess. Can't trust Zach Moss. Really can't trust Devin Singletary. Can't trust much on the Miami side, but Mike Gesicki showed us why patience is a virtue. 130 and a touch on eight catches for Gesicki. In terms of the backfield, ah, Jordan Howard, five for four. <laughs> Jordan Howard staying on brand. Got in the end zone, but whatever. Miles Gaskin is the best running back in that backfield, and I will be talking about Miles Gaskin on the podcast tomorrow for Waiver Wire. Moving on to the 49ers and Jets, and man, oh man, uh, Raheem Mostert looked phenomenal before the injury. Banged up his knee. It sounds like it isn't serious, but he could miss some time here. So if you're in a situation where you have Raheem Mostert and you're looking to to replace him, well, you could look in this backfield. I think Jarek McKinnon is very interesting. Tevin Coleman is dealing with a knee injury as well. 
Jarek McKinnon had three for 77. Not as a receiver, <laughs> as a rusher. I mean, Raheem Mostert had eight for 91. These guys don't even need that many carries. Three for 77 and a touchdown. Jarek McKinnon is going to be interesting here the next couple weeks. Of course, Jimmy G banged up as well with an ankle. So Nick Mullins could get a start. Jordan Reed goes out seven for 50 and two touchdowns. All right. Well, I mean, for the time being, Jordan Reed is definitely going to have some value. So, and maybe this this encourages them to use more two tight end once Kittle's back with both those guys out there because they don't have receivers on this team. Anyway, on the other side, speaking of not having receivers or pretty much anything, Brashad Perryman and Chris Hogan banged up in this one. They already had uh, Jamison Crowder banged up. I mean, there is just nothing to like about the Jets for fantasy purposes. So that's all I got. I, I really don't have anything else. Really don't have anything else there. Uh, on to the Broncos and Steelers, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Cortland Sutton will be out for the rest of the season here. So... Another player struck by injury here, significant injury at the beginning of the season. That'll help Jerry Judy, but the team will be out without Drew Locke for at least two weeks. So Jeff Driscoll will be their starter for the time being. Jeff Driscoll, two touchdowns in this one, but he also took six sacks as well against that really potent Steelers defense. Mel Gordon, solid, you know, solid. 19 for 70, which is about as good as you could expect against that Steelers run defense but had a pretty touchdown reception. So two for 14 in the touchdown as a receiver. So he was a solid play. Uh, on the other side, James Conner <laughs> comes back. This was the warning. This was why you didn't start Benny Snell. Hopefully nobody was in that position. Benny Snell is on benches until further notice. We're not dropping him, though. Conner goes out 16 for 106 and a touchdown. And I know some people will say, well, if you take away the 59... No, you can't take away... The 59-yarder. Well, well, if you take away the 59-yarder, it really wasn't that good of a day, Jeff. Yeah, you can't take it away, okay? <laughs> you can't. It was a pretty solid day for James Conner. You know I'd be the first person to tell you if it wasn't. Two for 15 as a receiver. Big game for Deontay Johnson. Eight for 92 and a touch. Chase Claypool showing that athletic upside that he has on the 84-yard touchdown. And, um, hey, I'm not worried if I have Juju. Not worried. Seven for 48 doesn't sound that great. But eight targets for him. He, he was out-targeted by Deontay Johnson, but still, I'm not really worried if I have Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, moving on to the next game, and, yeah, uh, Jerry Judy, that's probably the big takeaway there. Jerry Judy will be the beneficiary with no Cortland Sutton. Panthers, Buccaneers, hopefully he didn't start Scotty Miller in this one. I'll get to that in a second, but let's lead with Christian McCaffrey. Initially, it sounded like it wasn't going to be that severe. Well, now that is not the case. It's diagnosed as a high ankle sprain. High ankle sprains are usually four, at least four-week absences, and it's being reported that it is a four- to six-week absence here for McCaffrey. At least he gave you the fantasy production <laughs> before the injury, if there's any solace here. 18 for 59 and two touchdowns as a runner, four for 29 as a receiver. The beneficiary is going to be Mike Davis. Mike Davis had eight catches in this game, eight for 74 as a receiver. So Mike Davis is going to be really interesting. I do prefer, at least in the short term here, Jarek McKinnon, because I, I like the upside in that offense a little bit more. But Mike Davis is going to be a serious waiver wire consideration this week. 
solid games out of the passing game. DJ Moore bounces back. Robbie Anderson continues continues to assert himself. He's well ahead of Curtis Samuel now in that packing order. I jokingly said last week, I said, watch, Leonard Fournette's going to go out and score two touchdowns. I did. It's there. The audio. It's proof. Leonard Fournette went out and had two touchdowns. Ronald Jones at least got in the end zone, but that was pretty much that. Fournette, actually, he looked pretty good. <laughs> I mean, anybody, you know, you got to put it in the context. Anybody could potentially look good against the Panthers' run defense, but he did look pretty good. 12 for 103, two scores on the ground for Leonard Fournette. Four for 13 as a receiver, so they actually fed him five targets. LaShawn McCoy still led the backfield in targets with seven, but Fournette... I think he just took the job from Ronald Jones. And I don't think there's any looking back here. Brady could have had another touchdown. It wasn't the best, obviously, performance, but at least he finally got Mike Evans going. Evans had the, you know, the longer reception, you know, he, he seven for 104, the touch that I, you know, mentioned there. So it's all good with Evans. I'm happy that he gets out of the gate there. And I'm willing to give Brady the benefit of the doubt if you're thinking about dropping him. Uh, we got to wait and see until Chris Godwin is back. So just be patient. And also game script. You know, they didn't need to in this one. So be patient and and realize what produces numbers. Don't just overreact to the numbers, right? Anyway, moving on to Washington and Arizona. Man, oh man, is Kyler Murray mobile. Man, oh man, is Kyler Murray mobile. He was all over the place in this contest. Eight for 67 and two scores as a runner, 268 and a touch through the air. Of course, that touch goes to D Hop. Another nine targets for Hopkins. Eight for 68, not the best game here, but you know, hey, they were out to a lead. Context, right? Andy Isabella got loose for a longer reception in this one. Christian Kirk got loose for a longer reception in this one. Larry Fitzgerald, no long reception, but seven for 50. I mean, they were able to do pretty much whatever they wanted to do. And better days will be ahead for Kenyon Drake. 20 carries is the big number that we're concerned with. 20 for 86. On the other side, it does look like Antonio Gibson now has kind of taken the backfield. And granted, they were playing from behind, so of course he's going to be used a little bit more here. But Peyton Barber doing Peyton Barber things. One for one. It's good in baseball. It is not good for a running back. Antonio Gibson, 13 for 55. But the touchdown run was really where I was impressed with him. So I like that. I think you're trending up if you have Antonio Gibson. Terry McLaurin said it doesn't matter in this game. I'm still going to have a good game. Seven for a buck 25 and a score for Mick Lovin. Loving that. Big time bounce back for him. Moving on to our next contest here. And that, of course, is the Chiefs and Chargers. One of the more surprising games on the board. Not only because it was 23-20 is the final score. Went to overtime. Chiefs had to pull this one out. But the big surprise, no to Rod Taylor under center, Justin Herbert. Remember that time when I said it would be before week, I said four and a half. So week four or before he would be under center. Here we go, baby. And uh, I don't know about you, but I sure as heck think he did enough. I think he passed the audition here. I think he did enough to, to take this job from Terod Taylor. I, I think he did. I, I, I just don't see any way that the team looks at what he did in this game given the stakes, given the, the opponent, and says, no, Terod Taylor's our guy. So 311 and a touchdown. He rushes for a touchdown as well, showing a lot, a lot of heart out there. You know, the size, the arm, just awesome. And now, of course, the pendulum swings. So Terod Taylor likes to throw the ball at high A dot, right? Doesn't check down. High A dot is Mike Williams. 
Well, now we have Justin Herbert in there who's going to sh- throw to the lower ADOT guy. So in this one, lo and behold, magical, right? Seven for 96 for Keenan Allen. Solid game. Six for 83 for Hunter Hendry. And then Austin Eckler involved in the passing game. Four for 55 for Eckler in the passing game. 16 for 93 on the ground. I'm impressed. I'm also impressed by Joshua Kelly. 23 for 64. Eh, but the 23 is the big number there. And then two for 49. Solid day for Joshua Kelly. On the other side, not panicking if I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We thought that was going to be a tough game for him. It was a tough game for him. 10 for 38 on the ground. Six for 32 as a runner. The the receivers, you know, it was kind of who we expected. Ty Freak and Kelsey getting in the zone, both going up over 90 yards. Kelsey has nine catches here. Uh, 99 to be precise for Ty Freak. Uh, and then pretty much nobody else. Sammy Watkins left the game with a concussion, so we did see McCole Hardman out there for a good chunk there afterwards. Mahomes, all right, 302 and two. It's not terrible. It's not great. We'll take it. We'll take it. All right, moving on uh, to, you know, we're coming down the home stretch here to our next contest, uh, which would be the Baltimore Ravens and predictably sort of just running all over the Houston Texans in this one. Um, This is why you don't draft a quarterback in the second round. Lamar was fine in this game. Lamar was fine. They, They destroyed the Houston Texans. Lamar had 16 carries for 54 yards. But Lamar didn't throw for four or five or six touchdowns. He went for 204 and one, and he really didn't put up a big fantasy day. Ryan Tannehill had nine more fantasy points than Lamar. It's not a knock on Lamar at all. It's just, did he really? What did he justify the second round pick? I know it's it's early. You know, it's, just, it's the second week of the season. I know you're gonna tweet me and be like, you know what, Jeff, you're wrong. But the reality is, you don't need to draft a quarterback early. It's plain and simple. The backfield was is annoying yet again because they get out to the lead, and so we see more gust than anything. But Dobbins looking, Dobbins looking really good in that backfield, and Mark Ingram looking pretty good as well. Bounces back nine for fifty five and a touchdown. That's like a twenty nineteen Mark Ingram line right there. Marquise Brown was uh, bottled up in this one. I'll talk about his matchup later on in the week, but uh, have some more to report there later in the week on the podcast. David Johnson was ineffective as we expected against the Ravens defense 11 for 34 and then really doesn't didn't do much as a receiver two for 16 there it's a big day for Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller was non-existent do not drop Will Fuller somebody asked me if I, they should drop Will Fuller come on come on it was non-existent though in this one it's frustrating but it's not enough to do something silly it's only week two uh, Deshaun Watson, it, it, it's another one where I'm not going to overreact. This was a really tough matchup. This is the, That Baltimore Ravens defense is no joke. So context. Put everything into context, all right? Let's not freak out. All right, let's round it out here with the final game on the slate. And it was an entertaining end to the slate as well. It was entertaining all day long. And really, it looked like Seattle was just going to run away with this thing. And back came Supercam. Back came Super Cam. Super Cam goes for 397 and a touchdown through the air. Has two more rushing touchdowns. Almost a third. Almost a third for the win. But he couldn't get it. 11 for 47 and two scores on the ground for Cam Newton. 
But we really saw Julian Edelman get going there, especially towards the end of the game, 8 for 179. Nikhil Harry got going at the end of the game, 8 for 72 for him. All around, I think it's encouraging here, and Cam Newton continues to put up big numbers. So does Russ. Russ had five passing scores. Five! I love it. 288 and five. That's so great. Uh, you know, the, they're spreading the ball all around. It's all over the place. DK, you get one. Lockett, you get one. Moore, you get one. Freddie Swain, would you like a freaking touchdown? You get one. Chris Carson, another receiving touchdown. Three for 36 and a touch for him. 17 for 72 on the ground. Chris Carson, solid. Solid! Right there. Solid performance. Love that game. Still one more to go tonight. And really, the advice is pretty simple if you're listening to this before the game. You know, be patient with uh, Drew Brees. I do think we're going to see a better performance out of him tonight. Alvin Kamara should bounce back, or not bounce back, should perform well. He bounced back last week. He should continue to perform well because this is a team that struggled against a very similar player in Christian McCaffrey in week one. So I like those guys. Josh Jacobs, though, this is a tough matchup for Jacobs on the ground. You know, I think we continue to see him use more as a receiver, though. So there you go. There's tonight. We'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow, but of course tomorrow on the podcast we're breaking down the waiver wire. If you got bit by Saquon, by McCaffrey, don't worry, I got you covered. And in injury, there is opportunity, okay? So tons of waiver wire advice for you tomorrow on the show. In the meantime, head on over to ftnfantasy.com, ftnbets.com, put up like 150 player prop bets this uh, this weekend. Somebody hit me up, they were like, you know you put up a lot of prop bets? I was like, yep, that's how I roll. That's how I roll, baby. And we did pretty well. We did pretty well. I got a bunch up for tonight as well. So that's at ftnbets.com. You got to have the NFL package to get access to my player prop bets. But if you use the promo code RATPACK, you get 10% off. Keep reviewing the pod. 1K is approaching. We're almost there. So if you haven't reviewed the podcast yet, greatly appreciate your help there. It's really simple if you have an iPhone. All you have to do is open up the podcast app. Go to my podcast, The Rant. Click on it, scroll to the bottom, click the stars. It's that easy. It is that easy. At Jeff Rackliff on Twitter, at Jeff Rackliff on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. All right, waivers tomorrow. I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Rackliff, and I'm out of here.